0: As soon as our children are old enough to ask for a cookie, we start to teach them about saying please and thank you. And it's integral to polite society that we say thank you when we're handed a receipt or when a door is opened for us. And as a nation, we celebrate the spirit of gratitude every November. Symbolically we're grateful for the last harvest that has come through once again. We celebrate um, and honor that shared harvest feast between the pilgrims and the Indians in that the early gestation period of our nation in 1621. But above all this, your creator, God, commands you to give thanks. He's inscripturated it in his word. He repeats it again and again. His eternal word commands you to be thankful. He seems to take it pretty seriously. You don't need to turn there, but in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we see exactly how, how serious gratitude is. In 2 Timothy 3, one, it says, But understand this, that in this last days, there will come times of difficulty. So we see that a lack of gratitude nested right in the center of all those characteristics is pretty serious. Because Peter, uh, uh, Paul is saying it's a sign of the end times when people are ungrateful. It's, it's in that same list right alongside being unholy and brutal and treacherous, swollen with conceit. He's saying if you are a Christian and you're not grateful... That you have the appearance of godliness, but lack the power thereof. And he gives command in this passage to avoid such people. You are commanded to avoid ungrateful people. So God takes gratitude pretty seriously. The passage I want to go to this morning and meditate upon is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I encourage you to turn there with me. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Let me read a few verses before and after Just to provide context Starting in verse 14 We urge you brothers Admonish the idle Encourage the faint hearted Help the weak Be patient with them all See that no one repays anyone Evil for evil But always seek to do good To one another and to everyone Rejoice Always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. In this passage we see... The command is to be thankful, to express Gratitude And I would like to use four questions To help us meditate, to kind of facilitate Our meditation upon Verse 18 First of all, let us consider What does it mean to give thanks? What does it really mean To give thanks? I think it is Worth noting that biblically To my recollection anyway Giving thanks is more than simply Feeling grateful It's more than even being thankful. It requires more than an internal awareness of appreciation. It requires expressing the gratitude. In fact, in if my recollection is correct, First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Yeah, first Corinthians chapter fourteen and verse sixteen, Paul is in the context is speaking in tongues, but it works for our Application In our text as well He says, if you give thanks with your spirit How can anyone that is outside of you Say amen to your thanksgiving When he does not know what you are saying For you may be giving thanks well enough But the other person is not being built up So there we see the same application If you feel grateful And you're expressing gratitude in your heart But no one else can hear what you're saying It's not very helpful to the rest of the body of Christ It's Not enough just to feel gratitude We must express it Jonah chapter 2 and verse 9 says But I with shouts Of grateful praise Will sacrifice to you With shouts Of grateful praise You don't hear adults shouting Very often do you I tend to shout when I'm preaching I guess I remember the first time that Jackson uh, Came into the service Graduated from the children's discipleship After church I asked him what he thought of my preaching, because he had never really heard me preach before. He said, You sounded like Willy Wonka. I said, Willy Wonka? Yeah, at the end, you know, when he said, Good day, sir. That's, he thought that's how I was yelling like that. But adults don't, most adults don't shout too often. Jonah says, I shout grateful praises. Usually, adults are shouting when uh, maybe they're hurt, they've injured themselves, or they're shouting when uh, they're angry. Uh, I gave a shout when my chiefs made the Super Bowl last year I think we have an image of that up there Look at that, that was (laughs) me That was was a captured moment I was so happy There were shouts of praise and joy in the Lowry House that day Jonah says, and Jesus says, and God says in his word We need to express our gratitude It's not enough just to feel it But also, it's not enough even to express it. What we need is, and this brings us to the second uh, point here giving proper thanks is more even than expressing thanks. It's expressing thanks to God as an act of worship. That's what real, when when the Bible says they give thanks, that's what it is. Expressing thanks to God as an act of worship. We see this demonstrated by um, the story of Jesus and the ten lepers in Luke chapter 17 and verse 11 and following. You remember the story though. There was ten lepers that were calling out to Jesus, and he healed them, and he said, now go to show yourself to the priests, because you had been shown clean, so they all started going to the priests, and one of them stopped, turned back, came, bowed down. Praised and thanked Jesus And Jesus said, wasn't there ten? Why is only one coming back to me?" And I've often wondered why Why the other nine didn't? And, and when we kind of We can be a lot more grateful than we are Why did the nine not return? Why did only the one who also happened to be a Samaritan By the way I wrote down some reasons possibly uh, Maybe it's because they were just so on task Remember, they were away in Jesus Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests." So maybe they were just, you know what, I'm too busy, I've got, I've got to do what Jesus told me to do. And maybe there's some of you here that are very on task, you're busy, you're working, you're doing the work of the Lord, you're taking care of your family, you're busy, too busy to give thanks. Maybe they rationalized the healing away. Maybe away from Jesus and out of the emotion of the moment they thought, you know, maybe I would have got better anyway. Maybe it wasn't really Jesus that was healing me. Perhaps they let their thanks go unexpressed because they just assumed, well, I know Jesus knows I'm thankful. I mean, He's the one that healed me. He wouldn't have done it if He didn't know I was thankful. Maybe they were already embarrassed in their previous condition. they too ashamed to even admit that they were once a leper. Maybe that keeps some people from expressing gratitude because, in it, in expressing what God has provided for you, you all um, some vulnerability that you experienced Or some loss or some hurt That Jesus came through Perhaps they were just shy They just didn't want to draw attention to themselves But true thanksgiving Isn't drawing attention to yourself You're the lens that is drawing attention And magnifying God In Luke chapter 17 We see a few things That indicate that this man Giving thanks to God Was actually worshipping And um, for one, it says in verse, what is that? Verse 15, it says that he returned praising God with a loud voice. He was praising God in his gratitude. We see also in that same verse, in verse 16, I should say, that he fell on his feet, giving or fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. That's another thing that you don't see adults doing too often, laying flat on their face. It was an act of worship. And we also see Jesus affirm it in verse 19, where he said, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. When you express thanks to God with humility and vigor, you are worshiping with praise and publicly demonstrating faith. Gratitude is important. A second question worth considering as we... Meditate on this text First Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances For this is the will of God In Christ Jesus for you A second question we could ask is What is included in all things Or all circumstances That's the old King James coming through in my memory I remember being give thanks in all things Well what is included in all things Surely this means all favorable circumstances Right? Circumstances that are a blessing, the fortunate events, the positive and important circumstances, right? That's what we're supposed to give thanks for. Well, to answer this question about what is included in all circumstances, I want to look at three individuals. First, I want to look at the author of this text, Paul. Have you ever been reading a book, and I just need to stop for a second, I need to Google who the author is, I just kind of need to see his face, and just have a... Does anyone else do that ever? Or is that just me? It's like I, I want to know who's talking to me here. And so, let's see. The last book I was reading. Go ahead and put that image up. Anyone know who that is? Any scholars out there? You'll know once I say it. That's George Orwell. And of course, he wrote 1984. I just finished that book. Put the next image up there. What about this guy? Anyone recognize him? Some of you know who is it? Oh, C.S. Lewis. You're close. You're close. There it is, someone knew it for sure He looks kind of like Hobbit, doesn't he? Uh, that's one of my favorite books um, Here's another book that made a big impact on my life Tortured for Christ True story About Richard Wormbread. That's right And I wanted to see his face Because I'm like I want to see who did this experience Who lived this out And when you look at his face You definitely see Yeah, this, this looks like a man Who experienced some suffering in his life why we have them here Let's go ahead and read one of the quotes that was with this This is what he said They have tried to kill us They can kill only bodies We are not bodies We are spirits And the spirit can't be killed To die for Christ Loving Christ Means to go to glory Means to go to Christ We have a lot to learn from him I highly recommend that book But when you know the author It kind of colors the text And you get to see a little bit Into their experience And um and you also kind of hear the voice of the author in the word. So when Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, we can learn something about his circumstances. The passage that you no doubt are familiar with, Second Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. We see some of the circumstances that Paul may have been considering. Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse twenty three. He says he's talking about others that consider themselves servants of Christ. He said, "I'm, I'm a servant of Christ." He says, um, "But with far greater labors, far more imprisonments. I've endured countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned." Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. And toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Later on in chapter twelve of the same book, he says. Um, that to keep me from becoming conceited Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation that have been given so much from God It would be very easy for me to be proud And so God has placed a thorn in my flesh A messenger of Satan to harass me Paul had a permanent messenger from Satan To harass him Just to keep him humble He concludes his thoughts by saying I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That was the message he gave to the Corinthians. And also in his letters to the Corinthians, 12 times he personally expressed gratitude, or taught gratitude, or commanded gratitude. So I think for sure, if we're making a category of what is included in all things to be grateful for, we can include, maybe first on the this, terrible, difficult things. Because that's what Paul had in mind. A second direction we can look to see what is included in all things. We can look at the Thessalonians themselves. See if we're too far from the target. As we look at the Thessalonians, we can look back in uh, chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians. And look at verse 6, and we see that they received the gospel, quote, in much afflictions. That's how they came to Christ. In fact, when you go back into Acts 17, you can see the circumstances that involved the Thessalonians coming to Christ. There was a mob, there was an uproar, there was a kidnapping, and there was extortion. And that's how they came to know Christ. In America, we try so hard. To make the gospel palpable And tasteful to unbelievers Can you imagine the Thessalonians This is their introduction to Christ And maybe they're asking Paul So once we get through this it's all going to be better right Paul's like oh no no that's part of the course You can expect Suffering and afflictions So perhaps we can add To this list Circumstances of personal Loss and suffering Again Probably do have to turn the page In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 In verse 14 he says For you brothers became imitators Of the church of God in Christ Jesus That are in Judea For you suffered the same things From your own countrymen As they did from the Jews Who killed both the Lord Jesus And the prophets And drove us out uh, Down in, in chapter 3 He uh, He says Therefore when we could bear it no longer We were willing to be left behind In Athens alone so we sent Timothy To you, Timothy our brother And God's co work in the gospel To establish and exhort you in your Faith that no one be moved By these afflictions See Paul wrote this book shortly after, Maybe months after he Founded the Thessalonican church And he was worried that in their afflictions They would be moved from the Gospel and in the same letter He's saying give thanks In all circumstances Most importantly I think I would like to look at the example Of Jesus when we consider the question What is included in all Circumstances, in all things To be grateful What can we learn from the life of Christ There's about seven Passages throughout the gospels Where we see Jesus giving Thanks to God and as you look through these passages, you can see that Jesus gave thanks at meals and at funerals, before miracles, during religious observances, at the cusp of his final hours, at times when his ministry seemed to be throttled and diminished, and also at times when his ministry was successful, accelerated, and seemed to be about ready to take off. In all these, Jesus gave thanks. For instance, um... Maybe maybe you can keep your finger here in 1 Thessalonians And turn to Luke chapter 10 Turn to Luke chapter 10 We see one of these times that Jesus gave thanks Luke chapter 10 verse 21 Says in that same hour He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit And said I thank you Father So Real quick, right there, we see that his giving thanks to God is also described as rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual act of faith. And it says, in that same hour, what was was that same hour? the beginning of chapter 10, you can see in there in the heading, he sent out the seventy-two witnesses, and then in verse 17 it says, The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. There was progress, there was success, the word was going out, the gospel was spreading, and in response to that, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. The wise understanding and reveal Them to little children yes Father for such was your gracious will. all things have been Handed over to you by my father and No one knows who the son is except the father Or who the father is except The son and anyone to Whom the son chooses to Reveal him so he gives Thanks this, just this it's A peak moment in his ministry But jot This reference down as well Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. People sometimes think it's the same prayer and the same event, but it's different. It's almost word for word the same, but if you look closely, it is is a different prayer. And we know for sure it's a different prayer because of the circumstances that it came in. The same prayer of gratitude, praying thanksgiving to God for what He has provided and who He has chosen to reveal it to, here in Luke, because of all the progress But the context in Matthew chapter 11 First John the Baptist sent word to Jesus Because he was doubting whether he was even the Christ Then You have everyone unsatisfied With Jesus and Jesus kind of bemoans it And says listen you guys are like The children in the marketplace that say Play a, uh, play a song We play a song for you and you didn't dance And we played a dirge for you and you didn't mourn He's like, you want me to be everything And you're not satisfied with anything that I do And then he has that famous passage Where he speaks woe to the cities That were unrepentant So here He's in a valley, not a peak Here nothing seems to be going right And yet he says the exact Same prayer Of thanksgiving So as we're looking at this list of what to include In all things, I think we could put During the highs and during the lows In Christ's ministry, three times he prayed in two different settings. He prayed in anticipation of Christ answering or before he performed the miracle. He anticipated God giving him the power to do it. And he thanked God in advance. So I think we could say in anticipation of God's answering prayer, we give thanks. And then, the most common one is just him praying before eating food. That's not a thing that children do. We learn Jesus Christ himself, and so I think we can add to the list little things and big things as well. Jesus is thanking God for the food, and he's also thanking God for raising Lazarus from the dead. Little things and big things. What is included in all things? Well, of course, all things. A third question that can guide us in our meditation of 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus Christ. We can ask the question, why is this the will of God? Why is this the will of God? I just want to remind you, Psalm 8411, that's a great verse for you to memorize, especially in moments of temptation. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Did you catch that? No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. When we see the commands of God... In our immaturity, we sometimes think he's trying to be a spoil sport. He's keeping us from the fun activities that are available in life. But from that passage, it says, No good thing will he withhold from those that walk up brightly. There we see, no, no, the commands of God isn't to keep us from enjoying life. The commands of God are to guide us and direct us to all the joys in life. His commands direct us to all performance to ideal living to the intended human experience that we were designed for I tell this to our youth with this book it's like the cheat code for life you follow these commands and your life will be as God intended it to be not that all hard things will be gone not that all suffering will be eliminated but this is how we live our life and so when we see him say this is my will for you to be thankful it's good us. It's not just good for him, it's good for us. But I've jotted down four reasons why this is God's will for us to be thankful, to express gratitude, and I'm sure you can come up with many more. But I would say, one, it builds up the brothers and sisters in the Lord. I read that passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I'll just read it one more time for you real quickly. 1 Corinthians 14. One reason why giving thanks is the will of God is because it builds up the brothers and sisters where he said, if if you don't speak your thanksgiving out loud, he says, no one can say amen to your thanksgiving. For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Not being built up. So when you give thanks, and others hear it, you're building them up. Daniel, come up here a second. Did I use you last week? A couple weeks ago? Go ahead, come on up. You'll be my problem. What's the opposite of giving thanks? It's complaining, I would think. And so just to pantomime what you see, when you you give thanks and you're building someone up, this is what it looks like. Okay?
1: When you're complaining,
0: you're not building up, you're doing this. It, don't you? When someone is complaining to you about something you've done, or what's worse, they're complaining to you about something you have nothing, no control over. You feel that you feel torn down. You don't feel edified. You don't feel built up because you aren't being built up. But when you give gratitude and express thanks to God, it builds up the brothers and the sisters in the church. Another reason why this is God's will: gratitude spreads. And it results in glory to God In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 We see an example of this Gratitude spreads Spreads like a wildfire In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 Verse 15 It says this For it is all for your sake So that as grace extends To more and more people It may increase thanksgiving To the glory of God And we see it again in that same book In chapter 9 Where he says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. Gratitude, the spirit of gratitude spreads like a wildfire. It's good to be around Grateful people. There's a different kind of energy in the room, and when we are a church that glorifies, uh, that is great, that, that expresses gratitude, it brings glory to God. Which is what we're all about. We exist as a church to glorify God by making disciples, but we exist to glorify God. We believe discipleship is the primary way, but gratitude is another way. A third reason, quickly, why um, it is God's will. It keeps keeps us mindful of our giving and loving Father Ephesians 5.20 says Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father We know from James that every perfect gift comes from God In whom there's no shadow or variation or turning And so it keeps us mindful of Him Think about, again, that one leper that returned to Christ All ten were healed What did the one get that the other nine didn't? He got extended experience with Jesus, one-on-one interaction. It keeps us mindful of God. One more reason, and again, you can, you can write down a million reasons why this is God's will. God's when we give bread, when we uh, express gratitude, it produces a heart guarding peace. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. You're familiar with that verse as well. Um, Let me read it for you real quick. We'll run out of time. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Gratitude is a vault that keeps your heart and your mind where it ought to be. Gratitude is the vault that preserves your heart and mind from the theft of the enemy, from the corrosion of bitterness, from the loss of fear, and from the spoil of worry. You're, you're having issue with any of those things, with fear, with worry, with bitterness. Gratitude is the solution. We're running out of time, but one last of meditation, the question, how is this in Christ Jesus? It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What does that mean, in Christ Jesus? I think it's a little ambiguous. I think we can draw a couple conclusions. One, I think it means that God's will is displayed through Jesus for us. We learned a lot about Thanksgiving, just from Jesus' example. So God's will is displayed through Jesus for us, for us to discover, for us to see, for us to emulate, for us to pattern ourselves after it's in Christ. Here's really what I think it's about. It says, in Christ Jesus, meaning we are in Christ, and He is in us. We are in Christ, and He is in us. We're having baptisms next week, and part of it, it's so rich in symbolism. There's so much that's being represented in baptism. Representative of a cleaning, representing of a, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. We go into the grave, and Jesus comes out. But part of it is that it's symbolic of being immersed into the body of Christ. We are in Christ. We know we have the mind of Christ. We know we have the spirit of Jesus within us. We think of John 15, where He talks about, "I am the vine, and you are the branches." Just as sap flows. From vine to branch to leaf to fruit. So gratitude flows from Jesus. Through you to those around you. We are in him. He is one and we are one. Just as he prayed in John chapter 17. God by the gift of his son. Has laid us under the obligation. Of perpetual thanksgiving. Our whole lives ought to be one. Continual thank offering. For all the blessings are ours through redemption. And one way in which we express gratitude, and maybe the most prolific way that we see in the scripture, is by singing. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. We introduced a little song last week called This Is Love, and then we say thank you, thank you, thank you for the cross. You have won my heart, and this is love. And so that's the song we're going to sing, and we're going to sing it. In a reflection in what we read in Isaiah chapter 12, we read it before, I'm going to read it one more time. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done